Hey everyone, welcome back to the Blackchain Podcast, the first of 2018. Hope you had a happy new year. In this podcast, I'm going to talk a little bit about what happened in 2017 and really try to break it down so that uh, it's clear kind of where we came from and then talk a little bit about where we are and most importantly, talk a bit about where we're going in 2018. And I think everyone would agree that 2017 was a very interesting year for crypto. Um, And I think 2018 is also going to be very interesting, but I think with a bit more volatility. And I, I know that's kind of hard to believe, but the volatility in 2017 has been very uh, much in the up kind of exponential parabolic direction where I think 2018 is going to become some choppy waters. Uh, I think things are going to shake out a bit. So I really do want to talk about what we kind of saw in 2017 and why I think we saw it and uh, then what we're going to see coming up here pretty soon, I think, in 2018. So at the beginning of 2017, it was kind of a not too eventful. I think uh, Bitcoin was somewhere around a thousand. Uh, that's not an all-time high. It had reached you know thirteen, twelve hundred ish. You know, way back in twenty thirteen ish. And so you know, it wasn't much to write home about it. You know, hadn't even reached its all-time highs, but it was still around. You know, Litecoin was around four dollars. Ethereum was thereabouts. And then all of a sudden in March, this whole crypto space began to uh, explode. And uh, you saw valuations and market caps increase dramatically. You saw the onset of ICOs and tokens on the Ethereum blockchain, which became the killer app for 2017, really. And that spawned a lot of other tradable and investable assets. You saw a lot more people in the general public become aware of Bitcoin, investing in it. You saw many more uh, coins being listed on Coinbase and other exchanges where you can exchange fiat for crypto. Uh, And overall, you just saw this mania and this increase in value uh, from the market capitalization of the entire industry that went from, you know, in the tens of billions all the way up to the hundreds of billions. And now we're uh, uh, up over seven hundred and fifty billion dollars today from, you know, somewhere around 20 billion ish. Uh, at the beginning of 2017 so that's quite dramatic that's that's essentially going from zero to a trillion in a year um, which when you say it like that you know you, you got to scratch your head a bit and, and a big part of this is one I, I don't think market capitalization is really the right way to kind of measure the value of the entire market but that aside there's been a lot more coins a lot more pumping a lot more trading uh, just a lot more going on but really the fundamentals of uh, blockchain technology haven't changed that much uh, that's the that's a really interesting aspect about that what has changed significantly and I talk about this in one of my previous podcasts is that awareness has increased dramatically and these these uh, projects or these tokens or these coins derive a lot of their value from awareness so that's a big step actually uh, no matter what happens and what shakes out in 2018 that's a was a big big uh, step What people also learned was that there's potentially these other applications for blockchain technology. You know, at at first, everyone had been thinking, you know, Bitcoin, currency, banking sort of uh, use cases. And then smart contracts kind of came up with this new idea of, uh, you know, assets and and, uh, automated kind of uh, programs, if you will, to 
you know, create games like CryptoKitties or create tokens or ICO opportunities with uh, uh, Ethereum. And then a lot of other smart contract projects became more prominent or became or were launched. And so you kind of had this other era. What we haven't seen a ton of actually, which I think we'll see in 2018, is applications being developed. And, and you could argue that, you know, there have been applications developed on top of Ethereum and others. But I think something like EOS is, is really interesting. Something like Steemit, something like BitShares, where blockchain applications are being developed versus smart contracts or currencies. So I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but I think that's where 2018 is going to a certain extent. But let me kind of recap a little bit more on what happened in 2017. So once all these things started happening, there became, you know, this mania with Ethereum, with Bitcoin, with tokens, with ICOs, and then Bitcoin, you know, basically ran to 20,000-ish, you know, just in this very fast parabolic move everybody's talking about it on every tv station you know 10 year old kids are talking about it and it really kind of i don't know if blow off tops the right word but it more or less did it hit 20 it ended up coming all the way back down to 10k you know which is almost a 50 percent reduction or so it's about a 50 percent it was like a little under or a little over 20 depending on which exchange you're talking about and then all the way down to 10,000 ish depending on again what exchange you're looking at and so that's a 50% hit. And today we're at about 15000 for Bitcoin. And so it's recovered a bit. But that was a big drop. Then what happened after that was actually very interesting. And, and, you know, this had been happening before with altcoins. But it became very interesting that once Bitcoin kind of exhausted its rally, at least for the time being, a lot of money uh, shifted into alts. Because what people are actually doing in this space right now is they're trading the projects or the assets or the tokens or whatever, and they're not too concerned actually with the underlying. I mean, a lot of people want the underlying to be sound, but the underlying for a lot of these projects is either, you know, just an idea, underdeveloped, still developing, and a lot of them are just bad ideas. Um, a lot of them don't have, you know, any differentiation, competitive advantage, or even really usage. And so what has happened is this has become a predominantly trading market where you just trade things back and forth. You look at, you look for the next coin that's going to pump and then you get your 10x. And so Bitcoin was giving people their 10x for quite some time, going from 1,000 to 20,000. That's a 20x, right? And so once it exhausted that rally, people shifted to altcoins uh, and there's a lot more altcoins you know there's a thousand plus and so what you're seeing now over about the last month after bitcoin exhausted its rally is what you're seeing now is that uh, it is it's becoming a bit different where altcoins are being pumped altcoins are being invested in and the market dominance uh, as measured by coin market cap uh, the Bitcoin dominance is dropping dramatically. It's at an all-time low, which means the altcoins, whether it's Ripple or Litecoin or Monero or all the other ones, the market capitalization of those is way, way more than Bitcoin at this point. And so the money has shifted and moved in that direction. And another part of this is Bitcoin really hit its limits in scaling, especially without SegWit. So the fees became very high. People started complaining about moving money around. There's not a, it costs too much. It takes too much time. And these are all real concerns. And it got ahead of itself because second layer scaling like Lightning Network or sidechains aren't deployed yet or built yet and applications on top of them aren't yet. 
certainly in development, certainly making progress, but it got ahead of itself and it became really an unusable coin. And there was, you know, from that, there was a debate and, and the eventual fork that happened with Bitcoin Cash and Bitcoin and, you know, kind of this big block camp versus this off-chain scaling camp. And then you had a bunch of forks from Bitcoin, from, you know, Bitcoin Core is the main one. And you had Bitcoin Cash and you had Bitcoin Gold and now you have Bitcoin Diamond and a million others, right? And so this was another thing that, again, was created partially by the uh, fees, but really about the congestion of the network. That's really what what the the root cause was. And the fact that the price of Bitcoin increased so much too meant that the fees were going to increase as well in dollar dollar numbers or a dollar amount. And because so many people were interested, you had a congested network. So people were competing for space on chain for moving things around. And eventually people then also naturally moved to all it's like Litecoin or Bitcoin Cash or others or Ethereum to move money around cheaper and faster. But again, it's still predominantly being driven by this trading market. You know, the transactions uh, for Bitcoin or any of the other cryptocurrencies, I would, I would, I guess I should suppose that most of those are trading sorts of um, uh, uh, transactions. Now, I would say that uh, Bitcoin also has a lot of other people using for different things. I use Bitcoin to pay for certain things, especially in the crypto space. I know others do as well, but because of costs and fees, I have moved to say Litecoin and Bitcoin Cash to pay for things or to transact in. But that those are also not necessarily scalable solutions depending on who you talk to, but they'll run into the same problems once they become used more and more like Bitcoin because fundamentally blockchain technology doesn't scale, uh, doesn't scale well, or otherwise you'd have to have, uh, or you'd have to have, I suppose, a lot of uh, beefy hardware for your nodes and some other things. I won't talk about, I'll talk about that in a different uh, podcast, and that's what's coming in 2018 too, is this big scaling, not debate, but execution. You know, is it big blocks? Is it lightning network? What is it? So those scaling issues kind of begot this interest in these altcoins partially, and then this chase for return, this looking for 10x on these coins also has uh, created this you know, drive for these altcoins. And so it's been a real natural progression in a way going from Bitcoin to Ethereum to these tokens, to these ICOs, to now these altcoins, and all of these have been chasing returns, chasing that 10x. And now we're kind of at the end of that. And what I'm looking at now is, you know, this huge market cap, you know, these pumps of altcoins going, you know, just straight up, you know, no natural thing about it at all. And people pumping and dumping McAfee, you know, posting uh, uh, his ICO of the week or his coin of the week. And those just jumping, you know, doubling, tripling, quadrupling overnight and then people dumping those and those reverting back to the norm and the mean. And you're going to see that over and over. But at some point, everything gets pumped too high. It gets pumped to a level that you really can't justify pumping it any higher. And also you kind of run out of uh, capital to keep pushing it higher. What's eventually going to happen is people are going to run for the exits. And uh, how that plays out will be very interesting because the exits in crypto are tough. Uh, The exits are, let me kind of run you through this. So if I want to get or purchase something, I need dollars. So I need to get dollars in uh, to say Coinbase, and then I have to buy Bitcoin Cash, Bitcoin, Litecoin, or Ethereum. And then once I get that, I got to move it to another exchange to get into alts, these other alts. 
and then I move it to say Binance or Polyneix or Bittrex. I buy the token there that I want, uh, say it's uh, Ethereum Classic or Zencash or Monero or something. And then I can kind of hang out and sit on that. Now, or, or I could move it to my own local wallet or another wallet, which is probably advisable. Don't keep it on the exchange. And so you see how many steps there are. Now, the steps to get out of this system, you have to say, say it's in your own wallet. You got to take it from your wallet. You got to send it to an exchange, uh, say one of the altcoin exchanges. Then you have to sell it on that exchange for Bitcoin. And then you have to take that Bitcoin and you have to move it over to, say, Coinbase, where then you would sell it four dollars and then you'd be out and then you'd have to transfer that money out into your bank account right and you could do that in litecoin going out but you do have to sell most likely in bitcoin first and then uh sell then buy litecoin if you want to move it through that pipe to coinbase so you could see that there's a lot of friction there and so when the music stops and people start selling and people start panicking, what's going to happen is you're going to get locked out. And we've seen this before when there's high volatility as people get locked in exchanges, uh, the performance is degraded, the networks become congested, so you can't move it between exchanges. And the whole thing kind of breaks down. And, and if you've been a trader or an investor and you've seen bubbles, and I've seen, you know, dot-com bubbles, I've seen the housing bubble, I've seen silver and gold bubbles, I've seen all these bubbles and I see kind of how they play out. Uh, with crypto, it, it's it's been a very, very feverish, like one of the most aggressive and fastest runs I've ever seen in, in all my years of trading. And uh, the downside to these things is usually uh, almost always just as aggressive. You can, you can fall in price a lot faster than you can rise in price, especially when there's sell pressure. When people just start dumping in these thin markets, uh, it's, it's going to get crazy. Now, what's interesting to me about that, though, is, is what's going to happen uh, after and uh, because most of these sales are going to be done in Bitcoin, so there's going to be a huge demand for Bitcoin. Uh, everything alt will sell, right? And then huge demand for Bitcoin, will that drive the price of Bitcoin up? Um, will that drive network fees way up too as people are trying to move it into other exchanges? And then once you're trying to get out, though, people are going to be dumping potentially the Bitcoin because it may or may not be. It might be going up. It might be going in free fall. I'm not sure. But at some point, they'll want to dump the BTC and get into fiat again. Okay, get into dollars or euros or whatever. And so this train's actually, it's its quite crazy. And it's its its a tough one. It's its its that, uh, uh, that uh, you know, everyone running for the exit sort of thing when there's a fire. And, and the exit, think of crypto as, you know, there's five different exit doors. And it, it's kind of in a maze to get out. And it gets really congested at parts. And so not everyone's going to make it out. So that's something I think that you really need to think about. I kind of went from what we came from to uh, the current status of things. And what I'm seeing right now in the current status is uh, this could go for a bit more. You know, we could run over a trillion market cap potentially, or we might bump into that as a psychological level. But at some point, the music is going to stop and people are going to rush out of alts. And there will probably be a pretty hefty correction Hopefully, there's not systematic risk when we when that happens, uh, meaning that exchanges don't actually completely go down, that they don't become insolvent, or that there's an issue with tether and things of that nature. But if there's systematic risk, it's going to be a very, very aggressive um, sell-off uh, and, and crash, if you will, and it could really burn a lot of people and really hurt the industry for quite some time. Uh, but if it's you know a, a relatively orderly 
kind of sell-off, you know, you lose 10%, you lose 20%, you lose 30%, and that happens for a few days, people will start panicking, and that usually, or that could uh, cause a lot a lot of people to just start dumping, dumping, and then that will accelerate it. But you get a 20% down day, you know, and then a little flat day, another 20% down. People are used to that in crypto, but if it goes much further than that and it starts getting like 50% haircuts or 60% haircuts, uh, that's when I th- think you're going to see a big rush for the exits and things are going to get a bit messy. So as far as that goes, I-, I think my suggestion and my advice is to, and I've been telling people this for a bit actually, even when uh, Bitcoin got to 20K and I was like, okay, I think it's, I think the breaks are going to come on here pretty soon because, you know, just the f- the feverish nature, the mania around it was just too much. And I think we're seeing that now with alts. And uh, I'm telling people to, you know, have your exit strategy. You know, uh, if you want to have some skin in the game, have some percentage in the game, have some percentage in BTC, have some percentage in cash. Because I do think that there's a lot of merit in this industry. There's a lot of opportunity, but there's so much crap right now. And there's so much overpriced crap right now. And and people all, a lot of people who are in it know that, but they just want to trade the hype or trade the trade the momentum or, you know, whatever you want to call it. But this is a, you know, a zero sum sort of game, right? You know, someone's going to be left holding the bag uh, because you can look, you can look at the top 20, top 50, top 100 lists and you know, it's just filled with junk. That's not worth anywhere near what, what it's at. So that it will revert. Timing's always a tough part is when will it happen? Are you going to miss out on more 10 X sort of gains um, in the meantime, or are you going to make a take a more conservative approach and kind of take a step back now uh take your gains and kind of wait for things to shake out but you know on the sidelines you might be looking at you know 10x 20x you know things still happening you may be tempted to get back in but that's that's you know if you chase uh you know bad things can happen so i i would encourage everyone listening to this to really kind of take account to you know develop their exit strategy uh i'd personally take some money off the table and uh it could be interesting to see where bitcoin goes as uh there's a rush for the exits and everything is denominated in bitcoin and it, it, there's a lot of bitcoin buying that goes on in the, in the process of selling the alts uh could see a a, a huge swing so that said um, what do I see for 2018? Uh, I kind of gave it away a little bit, but I do see a massive correction um, in 2018. And it's it, it, I don't think it will stall uh, like uh, in a healthy way because it, it just really can't. Uh, the, the, the assets are overvalued. People are going to want to take profits. And there's going to be more people wanting to take profits than people buying up crap, especially as they learn or know or you know, at least um, accept that the fundamentals aren't there for 99% of these coins. The other thing that's on on the good side is I think the second layer scaling with Lightning Network and uh, uh, in particular is going to come to fruition. I think there's going to be a lot of development on top of that. And even though I, I hate that Bitcoin fees are so high, uh, I can understand the argument that there's a reason behind high fees or there's 
not a reason, but there's justification in that high fees allow off-chain sort of transactions to really work, and it, it allows miners to still be incentivized, and you you may actually have to have these higher fees uh, for the system to work in the long term as the block reward is decreased and all of that. But I'm, I'm actually excited about this second layer scaling with Lightning and seeing that come come to realization and allowing more people to be able to participate and i'm also excited to see how these big block sort of solutions work as well um, the hardware will have to be beefier people can run nodes i don't think it's going to get centralized anytime soon you know in a, in a crazy manner because it, again it's still possible to uh to move around eight megabyte blocks 16 megabyte blocks um to uh, not be cpu bottlenecked and other things if you have you know enough enough cores and compute power but again won't get into the details of that but i'm i'm actually interested to see what bitcoin cash does or or others who are doing big sort of block solutions and then i'm also very interested in seeing these litecoin solutions uh as far as smart contracts you know i might i'm a little bit on the fence with what those are actually going to end up being i think ethereum's great for you know kind of tokenizing things and raising money and things of that nature um but I don't really see it as this very good application development uh, platform. Um, I, I could be wrong, but I see something like EOS uh, as very interesting for this 3.0, this real sort of application uh, development. And you can argue back and forth which is better or which is what or, or what's what. But take a look at EOS. Uh, look at what it's doing. Uh, look past what their token sale says about usage of the token and so forth. The tokens are actually going to be used as the genesis block for these different projects that spin out of EOS, these different applications. Look at Steam and Steamit. Look at BitShares. Those are actually uh, blockchain applications, which you don't actually see a lot of. Um, you see more you know, blockchain currencies or blockchain smart contracts. And the smart contract space is actually quite saturated. Um, a lot of promises, but not a ton of extremely killer apps, again, in my opinion, other than kind of this fundraising or putting assets on there. Um, so look for that. Look for like this second layer sort of scaling. Look for the uh, 3.0 sort of application sort of development on top of blockchain. Uh, look for uh, a little bit on what the big blocks do and how those centralize or don't or with the master nodes, how those, you know, develop as more transactions come on board or more people are using these currencies or more people, you know, are accepting these currencies. Um, that'll be an interesting time for 2018. And lastly, something that I don't think we've seen a lot of in the U.S. here and not too much around the world either is regulatory aspects and crackdowns, whether it's taxes or SEC or CFTC or whoever else, it's going to be very interesting, or even central banks, uh, to see how they're going to respond to this, because I don't know if they anticipated it becoming this big from an awareness point of view, and I think that they have assumed potentially that you know it, it's not going to get that big, uh, especially with some of the scaling issues that we're seeing, but those scaling issues can be solved and so once those are solved you start to get into this other uh, era or other aspect where real adoption can begin to occur real integration can begin to occur and i think 2018 is going to be interesting to see how regulators respond to that uh, whether there's laws passed that really put a damper on trading or whether it puts a real damper on you know holding these coins reporting these coins uh, privacy 
but the interesting thing about this technology is it's it's set up to kind of um, resist uh, onerous sort of regulations. I mean, if there's privacy issues, you can look at Monero or Zcash or Zencash or one of the 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 Z forks. And if you if it's just currency sort of stuff and you just want this blockchain technology as a currency, you can look at Litecoin or uh, Bitcoin or Monero or Zcash or these others. Uh, if it's something to do with uh, governance, you know that you you want stuff on chain, you want currency, you want smart contracts, but you also want built-in governance. Maybe you're looking at Decred or Tezos um, applications, EO smart contracts, Neo, Ethereum, Ethereum Classic, IoT. Maybe you're looking at IOTA or Ethereum Classic or some others. So there's there's going to be some interesting aspects. There's going to be some uh, utility aspects that are going to start coming out. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see if people actually use this technology and what the real benefits are and are they competitive with centralized solutions or how are they differentiated from these centralized solutions. Do these centralized solutions respond and compete with blockchain? And so overall, this is a very dynamic area. I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not done. There's no big winner at this point there's a lot of things going on but it's going to be very important to be able to cut through kind of the uh the weeds if you will and be able to identify the winners and that's something that you know i've been working on on the blockchain website and in my own research is trying to identify you know even through this correction that i see that's coming what are going to be the winners what are going to be the projects that five years from now are still around that are the Googles and Facebooks and and so forth of blockchain. And I think that'll come out just like in the dot com, you know, there was a big crash, there was a washout of, you know, tons of companies, but there were certainly companies that came out of it that were very successful and that are with us today and are going to be with us for a very long time. And I think blockchain is going to come out very similarly to where you know, we'll have a big washout, we'll have a handful that rise, we'll have people figure it out, we'll have people innovate, more technology will be added, and it'll be something that's with us, you know, for decades to come in different forms. Uh, so I'm hopefully can help you kind of navigate that. And uh, like I kind of always say is, you know, go to the website, uh, bookmark it, uh, follow on Twitter, Blockchain CO. Uh, the website's blockchain.co. Sign up for the newsletter and sign up for the accounts. Uh, I'll start adding things for people who have registered accounts in 2018, hopefully in the next several weeks. Uh, I'll be adding content around, you know, coins and projects that I think are very sound from a fundamentals level. Uh, uh, and then I'll also be kind of uh, adding more tools, whether it's news or charts or whatever else, and sharing that information as it kind of develops. And this is a fast-moving space, and feedback is always interesting and fun. So feel feel free to comment on things because it's uh, it's a conversation and it's kind of comparing notes and figuring out you know where different people's heads are at, where different interesting projects are, and just really uh, kind of comparing notes on that information as things change on a weekly and monthly basis. So with that said, I'll kind of close it out um, and say that you know 2017 was one hell of a year. I think 2018's where it's going to get real, and it's going to get real from a volatility point of view, from a uh, what's real, uh, has real value. It's gonna there's going to be a shakeout. There's probably going to be some regulatory pushback, um, but there's also going to be some amazing projects that come out and some new ideas and some new applications. So uh, it'll be very interesting. So I hope to navigate this navigate this uh, industry with you through 2018 and I will uh, 
See you next time on the podcast.